0: Welcome to the crypto assets and blockchain podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so this crowd is fairly manageable. So uh, I would like to encourage you that if you have questions at any time, uh, just let me know, and uh, uh, we'll take your question and then move on. I always think it's uh, uh, it's a little bit sad when uh, there are basic questions at the end, and everyone would have benefited from actually um, having had them previously. Um. Okay, so uh, I will talk about uh, decentralized decision-making today. Um, so it's called futaki. Um, so basically, the way that futaki uh, makes decisions is by using prediction markets. Um and why, why, why would that be interesting? So basically, in these decentralized set, uh, settings, it's actually really hard to find good decision-making processes. So if you have a group of people, say you have 10 people, and you know who these people are, it's, 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 it's kind of a no-brainer. You ask them, uh, you, you kind of make an informed decision as a group, or you elect a leader, and the leader decides. So there are established models for this kind of thing. But if you have an open network where you don't actually know how many participants there are or who they so you have a, pseudonod- a pseud- not Okay, you have a pseud- pseudonym. Okay. Hmm? Pseudonymous. Pseudonymous, pseudonymous network. Thank you. Um, you have a pseudonymous network, um, and you still want to uh, want to find a decision. Futaki is one of the tools you can actually use. Um, So Futaki use prediction markets, or information markets, as they are also called. Um, So I'll talk about prediction markets shortly, and then move on to how they actually work in Futaki. So uh, this is an example of a prediction market. So uh, you have a question such as, will it be possible to navigate the northeast passage on date X, say on June 6th this year? The northeast passage is uh, the shipping route north of Russia. So basically the question is, will it be iced over or not? Um, So there are two possible outcomes. Um, Outcome yes and outcome no. Um, so basically this market would be created, say, by a, uh, uh, a shipping company who is interested in whether they can actually use the shipping route instead of going through, through the Suez Canal and uh, around India to go to, to Asia. Okay, so basically this market is created, and then uh, when once the market is created, expats and uh, uh, people who have data and AIs, um, they can actually trade on this market. And the way they trade on this market is they can buy positions. So they can basically buy the yes or no position and thereby move the forecast in the right direction. <clears throat> so basically, um, this is, uh, so this, uh, is uh, a market-driven way of aggregating data, um, and it means that the people who are actually participating in these markets, they have an economic um, incentive of being right, So, and being right in this case actually means imparting knowledge on the shipping company. So, basically, the shipping company um, is paying a little bit to actually gain knowledge that may save them a lot of money. Usually, this this knowledge, it's not typically it's not created for these purposes. Typically, the knowledge is around. Um, It just doesn't really have an outlet of getting to the, to, the, to the shipping company. So, for instance, in this example, um, this uh, prediction market uh, would be directed at uh, people who do climate, uh, ch- uh, cl- climate science, Arctic scientists, um, fishers, fishing companies in northern Russia, um, the military who actually has really good weather satellites. Okay, so once so basically this market trades, uh, so the positions for yes and no, they, they change over time uh, as to incorporate uh, new, uh, new information. You can, you can sell your stake at any time. Um, and at a, at a predefined moment in time, the oracle comes in and the oracle decides uh, what now actually was true. So whether, whether the, this, you could actually navigate this uh, route uh, on June 6th of this year or not. <clears throat> and according to this payouts are made to the people who participated in the market and people who on who who moved the forecast in the right direction they gain money and people who move the forecast in the wrong direction they lose money so basically it's a way of uh, of of uh, market driven data aggregation okay so um, It's cool for many things, so I actually covered most of these, so I'll just uh, skip over these. Um, So basically, it it, it works fully decentralized on the blockchain, um, and it tackles many of the traditional uh, challenges that you have in forecasting. So uh, just gathering the different sources of information from different people and actually incentivizing the people to actually give you that information um, when giving the information to them, uh, it doesn't really cost them anything, but also doesn't gain them anything. So uh, this is a way to go around this. So how do you actually use this for decision making? Okay, so what you actually do is um, you Uh, you have to talk about uh, uh, something that you would like to optimize. Um, So you have a question like, uh, uh, should we have the CEO at our company? Uh, Should we fire him uh, or should we retain him? So basically, you have a question, uh, should we keep the CEO? Um, And then you have to decide, um, what the metric should be by which you decide. So um, there obviously, usually you have, te- you have several metrics and you have to settle on one. So uh, one would, for instance, be employee happiness and another would be uh, the revenue at some point uh, in time. And then you, ha- you would actually have to specify how you measure these things. But once you actually have your objective, so you actually want to optimize for employee happiness and you will measure this by some sort of test, um, you create, you then create this uh, uh, this market. Um, then you allow trading on the market to actually see how people think they could best this could best be achieved. Um, and in the end, you actually end up with a policy recommendation. Um, so, how does this look in uh, in detail? So, you have the question: Should we fire the CEO? Um, so then you have two uh, you have two uh, uh, tracks in this graph, so those are the values for, for yes and for no. And then you have a point in time where you make the decision, so, um, uh, so basically the, the, the graphs just tell you what people think the expected revenue is if uh, you fire or you don't fire the CEO. So you want to optimize for revenue in this case. Um, so it turns out, um, if you fire the CEO, this is the yellow line here. Um, if you fire the CEO, the expected revenue goes up with respect to uh, if you don't fire the CEO. The, the, it, it, that's basically the uh, so basically the uh, this market results in resu- uh, re- results in um, uh, the participants think that the revenue would go up if you were to fire the CEO. So what then happens is you fire the CEO and the market continues. Um, So people who said, um, who who actually placed a prediction on what happens if you don't fire the CEO, they are just refunded their market, uh, the the, the, the money that they put in their market, um, because that didn't happen, so there's no way of knowing what would have happened if you hadn't fired the CEO. And the people who actually took part in this uh, market under the condition that you fire the CEO um, they uh, they continue being in this market, and the people who actually made the right prediction they make money, and the people who made the wrong prediction as to revenue they lose money. So basically, people are economically incentivized to actually uh, to actually uh, d- put the best available information to them into this market. So uh, how does it work under the hood? So all of this works fully decentralized on the blockchain. Um, So what you have is a conditional market. So I talked about uh, the shipping routes earlier, and there you just had the um, yes and no answer. Here you actually have um, two outcome tokens. So you have outcome token A, this is uh, fire the CEO, and the other one, uh, outcome token B, is you don't fire the CEO. And then both of these actually have two child tokens. so on the left-hand side, you can see the outcome token A, and that is kind of split into two two tokens. Um, the uh, the price will go up if you fire the CEO, and the price will go down if you fire the the CEO. And then you have the outcome token B. That's we don't fire the CEO. And then, again, the, the child tokens, the price will go up and the price will go down. So what you would do is um, you think uh, the CEO... Uh, So basically you think if the CEO is fired, the uh, the price is going to go up. Um, So you sell uh, sell the opposite token. You sell the if the CEO is fired, the price will go down uh, token. And you retain the three that you still have. Um, So basically, then then the market action happens that aggregates all the information that people have into that one number. and uh, then the outcome is selected this way, so basically uh, the, uh, in, this, uh, in this example, option A performs better, uh, so this uh, market is selected, so outcome B, everything that's pertaining to outcome B is refunded, um, and uh, uh, you have the, the uh, uh, this, this prediction market continues, and at some point is resol- uh, resol- uh, resolved in uh, you know at the point in time where you actually had the prediction for the uh, revenue for Okay, so uh, why does this actually make sense in a blockchain space? Okay, so this makes sense um, when you have a large number of participants, you still want to find some sort of, uh, you still want to si- find some sort of decision or uh, you want to find a uh, a way of going about a problem that you have, and you have several options um, and you don 't want one person to uh, to decide for everyone uh, you can 't have a vote because you don 't know who 's voting so basically you let markets decide um, and you let people 's own economic interests actually uh, make sure that that happens so what 's <clears throat> As I said, it's a tool. It's not really a governance mechanism in itself. And um, b- what doesn't spare you is the entire decision um, on which metric to pick and what problem to optimize, okay? So you still, in, a, in essence, you still need to have the value discussion doesn 't spare you that so you still need to talk about what do you actually want to optimize for do you want to uh, do you want to optimize for employee happiness you want to uh, optimize for revenue you want to optimize for legal compliance um, basically you have to pick that as a group and that is something that is not or well it's it's difficult to do in a decentralized way but once you actually have your questions and you have um, the different outcome tokens that are the strategies of how to go about these, um, this is actually a really good way of finding one uh, number that basically distills the wisdom of the crowd. Um, and often it, it, it is actually helpful to actually have the value discussion outright uh, because uh, the value discussion is often convoluted in, uh, in many of the discussions we have, but it's never really spelled out. Um, so this can also be helpful. Okay, so uh, where are we now? So we are still in the process of, uh, so we have the market interface, we're still in the process of designing the uh, conditional market interface. On blockchain, the the backend already is fully functional. Um, We won a DEF grant from the Ethereum Foundation Foundation. some time ago um, on, running, uh, the, on running experiments as to whether Futaki is actually, uh, whether it's a model that typically works in these settings or whether it is not. So, so basically, you can, you, can, um, you can imagine you have these settings where you have questions and you, you pay people to try to manipulate the market and you see whether they succeed. So we'll be running these kinds of, uh, of experiments um, next quarter Uh, And uh, we aim for deploying the conditional markets online uh, in Q3, Um, and we would very much like to uh, to to offer this as a plugin um, to other companies that uh, also use decentralized decision making in any of their uh, in any of their products. Okay, thank you. Yes. I have a question. I know Augur. What's the difference between your solution and Augur's solution? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very good question. Um, so in principle, uh, so in principle, for the prediction market um, applications, it, it's very, it's very similar questions. Yeah. Um, so um, they, they are, s- <clears throat> we are slightly different. So basically, what sets up sets us apart most um, is the way that we go about oracles. So you need to uh, you need to decide on where to actually find the truth. So the smart contract knows how to decide. Um, and for us, uh, we have um, a variety of options. So we are, we are, we don't have our own oracle. We are the agnostic. So basically, what you can do is you can select, say, the signed BBC news feed or the Bloomberg feed, um, or you can or it's uh, or it's actually information that can be looked up on the blockchain. Um, uh, or you can actually put an address that is the oracle, and it resolves the market manually. Um, what Orco does is they have a way of decentralized um, uh, of a decentralized oracle. So basically, people actually have to vote on the outcome of every single market. Um, so that's. That's very powerful in a way. It's also fairly complicated because it means that for resolving every single market, you actually have to ask a large number of people. Um, we, kind of, we are going to have this as an escalation process. So if you, um, um, if you chose an oracle and you're not happy with what the oracle uh, did, uh, you can still escalate and you can still, uh, so, so you can still uh, trigger this in our system uh, but it's not mandatory. So it's not having a fully decentralized oracle, it, um, it's not something that is inherent to our platform. Thank you very much. Yes? Um, I, I love Future here. Yeah. I think it's one of the most fascinating topics. But I think <clears throat> I think the hardest thing for me to get my head around is. You know, things like sports, what are the outcome of two mm-hmm. teams? It's obviously a very, very liquid market Or presidential races and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to um, sort of mundane questions, um, how, how, do, how do we push uh, more liquidity into a market and get more experts looking at certain markets? And also, what are the regulatory things? Because uh, we, we, we come from a society that's generally uh, you know a, a, a religious sort of dogma against gambling and so a lot of people see that as gambling have, have mm-hmm. put aside using prediction markets because of moral nonsense, mm-hmm. but the, the, how, how do we get past that as a society? Okay, so I'll answer your, first, uh, your second qu- question first. So basically, um, what we're trying to do is, so obviously you can use prediction markets for things that have no value at. So basically, um, asking people, who do you think is going to win the World Cup Sure, you can do that on prediction markets. It's just really rather boring. Yeah. So basically what we're looking at um, are informations where you're trying to surface information um, that isn't otherwise available or, or ways of hedging risks that otherwise you wouldn't be able to, uh, to, to, to hedge. And we're trying to explain very carefully um, what the value add is. And um, once people actually get over this term of prediction market, so we still use it we've actually internally debated whether we should just switch to information markets because it, it sounds better and it doesn't really have this gambling association that you, that you immediately have when you hear prediction markets. But prediction markets is, is a fairly accurate term, so it's very descriptive. So, so far, we, we've kind of stuck to it and we're, we're trying to uh, help shape the narrative of p- what people uh, think about when they hear prediction markets. Um, okay, so you, so your first question was actually on low liquidity markets. Yeah, so basically, low liquidity markets are a problem. Uh, low liquidity markets are a problem everywhere uh, where you actually where, where you would actually where you would need liquidity. So markets work best if there's a lot of liquidity. Uh, liquidity. This is true for information markets. It's also true for vegetable markets. If you go to the market and there's only one person selling artich- artichokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's kind of uh, an unstable situation. Um, so, yeah, so what you have to do is you have to raise awareness on the markets that you want decision-finding on. Uh, and as, so basically, we're a platform, so you can actually build your own uh, information markets or uh, prediction markets on top of us. Uh, and then, basically, the, the business whose business it is running those applications or this application, it is upon them to actually get people on the application and partake in the prediction markets. Good. One last question. Yeah. Um, one question is, um, what will happen if, uh, let's say, I bet on Angela Merkel's death Mm -hmm. and everybody says, no, this is not going to happen, and there's, let's say, one billion on the table, and someone has the intention to kill her, and then someone kills her and gets all the money, so is there a way to stop something like this, or is this possible? Uh, Yeah, so for some reason, people are weirdly fascinated with the idea of assassination market. I get asked this literally every single time. I'm still happy to answer, though. Um, So uh, basically, because something is on blockchain doesn't mean you're outside the traditional judicial System. So if you commit a crime like killing someone, obviously uh, you are to be held accountable for that, no matter how, how or why you were incentivized to do it. Um, so as for can we censor these things, um, so obviously uh, blockchain is a technology, right? So you can use technology for good and for bad, and obviously we, can, we, we would never actually have on one of our interfaces, we would never list... Uh, some something like that. Okay, so uh, you have the central authority to uh, delete? No. We, we, so basically, we have we have. An, so we we can't li- we we like everyone else. We can't delete things from the blockchain. Uh, we can show we can choose to not show them on our interfaces, and we can choose to to not let them. We can delist them from our databases okay. that actually help you find them. Um, so that's things that we can do. Um, so, as for the, so th- that's kind of the technical argument. I don't actually think that assassination markets actually work uh, because uh, you don't actually have to kill Angela Merkel to actually, to actually predict her death, right? So someone else could predict her death and take the money despite the fact that you actually killed her. So it, 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 it's not it's not a contract that says uh, you you are you are a, a, a trained assassin. You kill someone. You get paid for that. Um, it, it, there's no causal effect. Not necessarily a causal effect. I here, so. that it's, it's just like raising money for this impersonation because then it's not my money. It's the uh, money of the others because they think, oh, she's not going to die tomorrow or something like this. And then the incentive is uh, so you raise that money and, and it's on the table. And then maybe someone. Thinks that this is a good opportunity. Exactly. So, but that's someone, um, so basically, this would only work if it were, if it were causal. So, basically, if the, if the person who were to kill her would also get the money, but everyone else could also bet on, on her death, right? So, this is not really something that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the ratio is something. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, so I still, I still think the old-fashioned way, where you slide someone's photo beneath someone's hotel door, is probably <laughs> the, the better way to do <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thank you very much, Frédérique.